Well, hello, everyone. My name is David Apple, the head of the SaaS and software vertical here at Sage Intech, and I'm host of this, the Modern SaaS Finance Podcast. We created this for you, CFOs, controllers, heads of FP&A, RevOps, just members of the finance community and fast growth SaaS companies. We discuss so many things, subscription, usage, billing models, RevRec, SaaS metrics, just the key functions you need to drive the cash flow and the trajectory of the firm, your firm on its path to IPO and beyond. And an amazing guest with me today. I don't know how many of you have uh, actually met Jack McCullough over time. Jack, longtime successful CFO, and he took his wanting to pay it forward and his strengths of communication into creating something called the CFO Leadership Council, which you're not familiar with. If you're not aware of, we're going to share a little bit more about it with you. But let me simply say you should join because it's a great group of folks trying to help each other out. So, Jack, allow me to please introduce you and then please share with everybody a little bit more about who you are and what is the CFO Leadership Council. Absolutely. And, you know, thanks for having me. Really, of course, be working with you on this and, you know, for the opportunity. And, you know, that what you're doing with this podcast is just fantastic. A lot of my members are familiar with it. Uh, it's a real value add to the CFO community. And so we kind of support the same people and it's, oh, it's really great you. to be here. So we all uh, win together. Yes, indeed. So and, you know, a little bit about what I do. I uh, am a former CFO. I was a CFO at 26 different companies. I tried to count several years ago. Uh, I had a part-time CFO practice, so I'm not 137 years old. I just, it, I, <laughs> yeah, 26. Uh, but I had two or three uh, CFO jobs at the same time, largely in the innovation sector. So kind of the CFOs that you're targeting with this podcast, I think it's fair to say. And uh, along the way, I um, dis- discovered it's lonely to be a CFO because you're the only one in your company, unless you work with a company big enough to have divisional CFOs. And it's a very challenging job in all positive ways, but there's nothing better than having a community. So I started a group, which is now known as the CFO Leadership Council. We are a professional association for CFOs. We're very global in nature. We have members in, on every continent, but more than 90% are in North America. We have 30 chapters across the U.S. and Canada. And uh, largely, although we're agnostic on industry and company size, largely our members come from the innovation sector. So a lot lot of SaaS company members, um, a lot in the life sciences and and a lot of venture-backed startups. In fact, uh, not so long ago, we tried to identify who is the typical CFO Leadership Council member. And we concluded it was a 42-year-old woman who holds an MBA and is a CFO at a $70 million SaaS company. So, so there you go. We have the same sweet spot, I think. <laughs> what a great profile. And that's just the median of all, because I'm familiar with so many people that are members of the community and how much value they've got out of it. But you know, what we want to do, like people are listening to this, is how to get better, how to deal with the issues that are in front of them. So what are CFOs concerned with right now? You know, it's been the same for a while. Um, And, you know, I call it TNT, talent and technology. Mm. And there's so many challenges in both areas and they're never changing. And, you know, there was kind of a realization. We we always figured that the war for talent 
eventually would slow down a little bit and that CFOs would be able to hire good people and that the woe wouldn't end, go on forever. And then we had a global pandemic and that not only did it not slow it down, but it became worse. It became harder during and after COVID to hire people. So if a global pandemic isn't going to slow down the, the, the war for talent and it's still going to be you know challenging to hire people, I think we need to accept the fact that it's just sort of always going to be that way, um, that, you know, we'll always be competing against each other for talent. But there's so much about it. There's the recruiting. There's the retention. Uh, there's the engagement once they're at work. The work from home versus back to the office battles are still being fought, in, at least with a lot of my members. Um, so there's so many talent challenges going on right now. Gen Z, if you know much about Gen Z, uh, they are really making an impact at a very young age. Um, I actually have a Gen Z mentor, and uh, I recommend any professional that is, I'm a boomer, so, you know, any professional that, uh, you know, is going to be in, in, you know, several more years to their career, uh, learn a little bit about Generation Z. Maybe get a mentor uh, because they're your customers, they're in, your employees, and eventually they're going to be your bosses. So, and they're a very impressive cohort. So, so I mentioned TNT, the other T is technology. And when you think about it, I'm not explaining anything you don't know, but you know, if you want to do something that'll reduce costs, uh, enhance uh, collaboration amongst your employees, which is a huge deal now, um, gain some operational efficiency and even you know, help you recruit young professionals and give you a competitive advantage, there's only one area you can do that and that's through a digital strategy. CFOs who embrace a thoughtful digital strategy and use it as an advantage, they're the ones that are going to be successful in the long term. And there's so much you just covered right there. I'd never heard that. I get a Gen Z mentor. My Gen Z mentor is my daughter who keeps me hip and clothes and language and all that. But doing something like that in the workplace is an amazing idea. And you're right, there's, I don't know, whatever cohort, if we back, go back 2,000 years or 500 years, just how do you have quality people around you that have the same shared aspiration where you respect each other enough, you've developed a little bit of trust, and then how do you, how do you build a great team to execute against? I think that's such wonderful, sage advice to get yeah, things going. They're interesting, you know, because they're, they're the most racially diverse uh, generation in history. Yeah. And, you know, they're the, the most technologically savvy. But like when you think about it, uh, the college students today, they were born after September 11th. And even the ones who graduated recently don't remember the time right before. So for them, you know, they don't really know a United States that hasn't been sort of in conflict. Right. It's just the, the world that, that we grew up in is so different from theirs. And it's funny. I have a, one of my nieces. She's a she's a robotics prodigy somehow. Um, I don't think she got that from my side of the family, but whatever. And uh, but she's um, she's on LinkedIn and she's um, she's 16 and she's talking about mentoring the next generation. Uh, and I'm like, Sophia, you're, you're 16. You are the next generation. OK. And you know, <laughs> you know what I was doing at 16? I worked at Burger King. So, you know, you're, you're feeding the next generation. Exactly. Yeah. And their parents. So, uh, but, uh, a different world, a very impressive generation. I know everyone yeah. thinks their own generation is the best ever, but Gen Z is has really impressed me. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more with the amazing 
team and clients that we work with on that. And then on the second side, you talked about with, with technology, we've got a little joke we say here that every financials project is really a reporting project. So it's like, how can you better understand the impact of decisions you made in the past and what can you best anticipate of decisions in the future against what your market is, what your competition's doing? And you're right, the ones that are not just smart and good people, but are building that kind of operating layer to make that type of decision-making and empower the executive team and the staff around them in order to do that are the ones that are getting ahead. And that's, again, that's, I'm sure that's universal, whether it was somebody sending out letters in 1500 Italy or someone trying to, you know, understand tweets as to what's going on in the market today. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Great observation. So, yeah, I've said, you know, to me that the two most important qualities for a modern CFO, and they're very different. Uh, so, you know, good luck mastering both. But the, the first one is just, you know, digital vision. And I'm not suggesting you have to be able to write code or anything like that, but just understanding how technology can give your organization a long-term advantage. And then the other one, which surprises some people, I don't think it'll surprise you because of your professional relationships, but I actually think it's empathy. And, you know, mm -hmm. give, give me somebody with a high emotional IQ who's reasonably intelligent versus somebody who's super intelligent, but completely has a lack of empathy. I'm going to take the former any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know, I heard it from a mentor years ago that, uh, relationships are to go through a series of phases, which is you say what's important to you and you see if the other person's going to respect that or not. And when they do, then trust starts to develop. And then you share what's important to you and the other person decides if that's important to them too. And you build a shared aspiration and then some collegiality in the workplace environment or some intimacy and in uh, other types of environments can develop. And you really, that's where deep long lasting relationships really come from is that flow and I've seen it that pattern repeat time after time and to your point empathy is the key foundation of that to be able to hear the other person out and again decide if you're going to respect that and then uh, empower that so that's the digital vision I agree with you the empathy had when you say it that way that really sticks with me and for all of you listening I hope it does too and there's so much to do and learning on all that because that wasn't taught when I was coming up, but it's sure material and everything right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, very few people are talented enough to do it by themselves. And even so, if you were, wouldn't that be boring? So we talked about like the CFO leadership council and for folks that are maybe already part of it, but want to get more of it out of it or folks that aren't, but are looking for something to belong to, how does the community help each other? It's an interesting thing because you, you perhaps know we got a lot of attention for this recently. And um, so it was around the time when the Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. Mm. And a couple of my members said, can you set up a roundtable with the members? Uh, we just want to sort of talk through what this means. You know, even, even if you're not a Silicon Valley Bank client, you are likely impacted by it. So I said, sure. I figured we'd probably get, you know, like 50 people to jump on a call, which would have been well worth doing. We had over 200 on an hour's notice. Mm. And then Silicon Valley Bank collapsed on a Friday. And then I said, okay, we're going to do this again on Monday. We're going to let things sort out. 
uh, on Monday. Well, we had so many people sign up. I had to uh, expand my Zoom license, which capped at 250. We probably had over 400 jump on the call. And it was fantastic. There was no, no outside speaker. It was just members helping each other. Uh, you know, and it was cool that the veteran members, the ones who are my age, uh, you know, the boomers who were CFOs in 2008 and survived a bank crisis, uh, they were actually telling the first time CFOs, these are the things you need to start thinking about. This is what you need to prepare for. This is what you need to do. You know, once we get back to normal, this is sort of the, the things from a treasury perspective you need to think of. And it was remarkable how it, it and it was largely by age. And I'm not saying they were smarter. They were just scarred from prior battles. Most of the youngest CFOs had only one or two bank accounts. And, uh, you know, the, the veterans, some of them had four, five, six bank accounts. And it was like, okay, let's, you know, let's get you into multiple bank accounts as soon as possible, which wasn't easy to do because every CFO in the world was trying to, or at least in the United States, was trying to do the same thing, right? You know, open up bank accounts. <laughs> you know, all of our bankers got a lot of gray hair that week. But, you know, that's a classic example of it. That's become a regular feature. Uh, a month later, one of our members asked me to send a message up to the group on her behalf anonymously. She was in a um, salary negotiation with her board of directors. And one of the board members uh, referred to her as a glorified controller and unacceptable, right? So I sent that email out and they're like, let's do another one of those Zoom calls. We had 200 CFOs just wanting to jump on the call to help this member out. They, they didn't even know who it was because she was anonymous and remains anonymous, but it, it was such a great thing that we built such a powerful community of CFOs helping each other, big companies, small companies, inexperienced and veterans. So for all of you, right, if you're not already part of it, because I was on uh, both of those Silicon Valley bank calls and I can speak because we got so many clients that are there and then we actually use the payment rails for one of our products. So long relationship with SVB, and but the group of helping each other out with some real good cultural guidelines of respect and helping one another, but from peers who get you and penalty free, if you don't know the answer, there might be other just folks who are gonna help you with an answer. And I just, that's what I have always appreciated and valued in our relationship with uh, the, the, the CFO Leadership Council. And I don't mind if you don't mind just sharing a little bit what your relationship has been with Sage and Sage Intact over time. Yeah, and I actually don't know if, if you know this, but um, you're, you're aware of my book, Secrets of Rockstar CFOs. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, my first presentation of it was that it was actually an Intact conference, not a Sage conference. Uh, I was before. I remember that. that. Yeah. Advantage. Was, yeah, uh, Intact Advantage down in Disney World, and um, yeah, so that was actually uh, that was the first time I publicly unveiled what eventually became my book, Secrets of Rockstar CFOs. I, at the time, I was calling it Habits of Highly Effective CFOs, but when I wrote a book, you know, obviously I stole that from the Covey people, and I couldn't go with that for the name of my book, and. Uh, yeah, so you were that, and it's been, for me, you've been one of the most supportive partners I've had for many years ever since then. Uh, we've, uh, we've done some, you've done some podcasts with us. Uh, you've done um, a lot of, um, you've sponsored our conference over the years, so it's a fantastic relationship. In fact, uh, CFO 4.0, which is done by your biggest reseller in the UK, ITAS, uh, I, I've been on that a lot, so it's a, it's a, 
one of my most important professional relationships. And I, and know, I, I myself and our members. I ask our, I spend a lot of time with my, all, all, a lot of my customers and I ask them a lot of questions. And here's two of them. One question I ask was, where did you first hear of us? And the number one answer isn't Google. It's not a podcast. It's I heard it from a peer whose opinion I respect and trust. Another question I ask is, where do you turn to get help with the answers that you don't know? And again, the, the answer is, I turn to a peer or more increasingly a community of people whose opinion I uh, respect and trust. And so for everybody, as we're kind of winding this down, the reason why I asked Jack to join was for him to give some prevailing trends about what's going on, what it means to be a great CFO, but to expose you to this amazing community that he and the, mate and the great team that he's uh, that has been developed there over time can expose you to to get help with the things that you need. Jack, as we're wrapping up, any final thoughts? No, that was uh, fantastic. Uh, just you know, want to make sure people know if you uh, if I can help anyone in any way, I feel free to reach out. I'm pretty ubiquitous out there. I have uh, thirty thousand followers on uh, LinkedIn or connections, excuse me. And you know, I've got. Uh, I'm really committed to helping develop the next generation of CFOs. So if you want to talk to me about something, uh, whether it be, you know, a, about your job search or your personal branding or how to get that first time CFO job or what the first 90 days in the role are like, uh, please reach out to me and I will, you know, be a resource for you as best I can. Or if you got a stuffy board member that you need to find a polite way to tell them how to go fly a kite. Jack can help you with that too. So. No stuffy board members. <laughs> Everybody, thank you, Jack, as always. Thank you for spending the time with us. Everybody, thank you for spending the time with us. If you want to learn more, uh, simply uh, follow us on on your podcast. We're on all the major podcast channels. Thank you for all of you that follow us. Make us the top 15% on the Spotify's business management category worldwide. We could do this without you and appreciate all the feedback to help us make this better and better. If you wish to learn more about uh, Sage Intact, just go to sageintact.com, S-A-G-E-I-N-T-A-C-C-T.com. Jack, I really appreciate it. Everybody, thank you for spending the time with us. Everybody, please have a great day.